0: to the MASA podcast. My name is Meng you your MASA VP External, and in this episode we will talk about the statistic program which continues our career path series. Our guest speaker today is Professor Lea Popovich, advisor for this program at Concordia. Hi Professor, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Students often struggle when they must make choices related to their career path. In this episode, we will talk about some examples of career paths available for statistics students, internships, graduate studies, research, and much more. So let's start with introducing our guest speaker. So, uh, Professor, tell us a bit about yourself and your career path. Well, I started as a
1: mathematics student as an undergraduate at the University of Toronto. And then I decided I wanted to do something more applied rather than just theoretical courses as an undergrad. And so then I went into an applied math program for my master's at Princeton. And there I really learned that I liked thinking about problems that had randomness in them. So probabilistic aspects. And so then I went on to do my PhD in statistics at Berkeley where I learned both a little bit about applied statistics, more about theoretical statistics, but then ended up focusing a lot on probability theory and modeling real-world processes that have randomness in them. After my studies, I did some research at various institutions in the US and then came to Concordia, where I've been, for the last 10 or 12 years. I've been teaching mostly statistics courses, both at the undergraduate level and at the graduate level. And I've been advising statistics students for the last, I would say, three or four years.
0: Wow. So could you tell us a bit about the program? So the program has a lot of overlap
1: with the applied math and pure math programs in the sense of having some Core background in mathematical tools that are important for statisticians. But it has a lot of extra courses that focus on specific statistical skills that are important for analyzing data in the real world. So we have a number of statistics courses that are not just introductory, like at the 200 and 300 level, but we also have 400 level courses that discuss more advanced topics and recently especially we've been trying to introduce more and more courses that focus on computational skills as well because of the realities of current day statistical needs and so we're kind of trying to move the program into incorporating a lot more computing programming And other skills that complement the theoretical expertise in a way that will help them integrate into the workforce more easily. So, I would say that the main difference between kind of a pure math or a pure and applied math programs and statistics is that the statistics program has extra courses that specifically focus on both analyzing and modeling uh, data from the real world.
0: And I know that students can either be in a specialization and they can also go and choose to go into honors. So would you recommend to go into honors compared to specialization? It sort of depends on the goals of the
1: student or the interests, typically the honors program, students can only enter that after, I think about four terms, at least three terms of studies in certain number of credits. So one cannot directly enter into the honors program. Mm -hmm. One has to be in a specialization program first, and then one can decide to add sort of or move to the honors program predominantly because. The main reason one might want to do that is if one is interested in doing an honors project, and an honors project is sort of an independent but guided study, which is equivalent to a three-credit course and takes about one semester to complete, during which the student is engaged in either a research project or a certain learning project combined with with some applied elements. So my experience has been that the honors projects are most interesting to students who want to explore whether they want to continue with school after the bachelor's degree. It's not necessarily that way, but I see a high correlation between if one wants to explore you know, going into a research-oriented program afterwards, the honors project is an excellent way to find out if it's suitable for you or not.
0: Mm -hmm. And I understand that with this program, there's many, many career opportunities that students can have, either just with their undergrad or if they want to continue in graduate studies. So what kind of examples could you give us?
1: Well, the skills one is supposed to learn during the course of a statistics program are about identifying relationships and trends in data, analyzing, interpreting statistically statistical data and identifying some differences in relationships, some correlations. So, I mean, the skill set is meant to be applicable in a wide range of fields because Generally, one would tell you data is data, regardless of whether it comes from via rail Canada data, or it comes from a medical institution, or it comes from a software company. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly true, because when one goes into a company, one also has to learn about the specific problems, the specific topic and the interests of the company. But The skill set is very widely applicable. So statisticians tend to get employed in a wide variety of both research, academic, and industrial environments in government.
0: Mm -hmm. But do you have some specific examples? For example, like I know some students go into biostatistic or they have positions like data analysis. Right. So... I would say,
1: that, you know, there's definitely certain categories that are very interested in hiring statisticians. So the medical field is one So for that, it's quite useful to know more about biostatistics to, to take maybe a specialized course or to learn a bit on one's own. So in the, in the medical field, sort of the way that things are done in clinical research, as well as in pharmaceutical companies, there's some specificities. So biostatistics tends to combine those tools that are a bit specific for the area so i would say in in that area probably the biggest employer are pharmaceutical companies but then come various medical clinic and research companies or government environments then the other very popular sector is the financial sector, where knowing how to handle data is is extremely important because even small inferences about small differences can be quite important. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the actuarial and the insurance business is there. Although, you know, I'm sure that was discussed. If one is interested in that, maybe insurance program is, or actuarial program is more applicable, but they, they need statistical skills too. So it's, it would not be uncommon to hire maybe a statistician for their needs. But I would say financial companies are probably banks and other places that have some kind of, you know, investments and, and financial elements to them who are interested in hiring statisticians. As well as, as I mentioned, the third kind of big sector is the sort of what we would call the tech industry. Companies like Google, Facebook, et cetera, have to handle, you know, large amounts of data. And so statisticians are a huge component of what makes their their business uh, work. So the tech sector is a big sector as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are some of those, maybe they're not as much locally available, but they certainly are available within Canada in other cities. Um, And then there's also the government sector where, you know, the Statistics Canada is a large employer of statisticians because they handle all sorts of government statistics on, you know, One obvious example being census data.
0: All right. So I think the best way for students to figure out what they want to do is to do some internships. So what kind of internships related to statistics should students look for? Well, it
1: seems that lots of companies nowadays need uh, data analytics. So the statistics students have managed to get internships at various financial and insurance companies such as TD, Intact, Manulife, Desjardins, AON. But there are also other opportunities, especially in the biomedical sector. Students have gotten internships with the Institut National de Santé Publique du Québec, and also at the Jewish Hospital. And of course, there's always the option of internships with Statistics Canada, but there's, as I said, there's a variety of
0: internships in various domains. So if we move on to talking about some specific task that statisticians or biostatisticians have to do daily, what kind of task do they have to do?
1: Well, a lot of emphasis goes into figuring out, in a way, what they call cleaning up data, which means that most of the time when data is collected, it is it is done in a somewhat organized way, but there are lots of, there might be lots of problems with it. And so some work has to go into that. So I think there's a subset of, of jobs that deal with trying to se- somehow put the information into a format that's available to work with and identifying sort of what are the, Weak points, right? In which which parts maybe need to be collect, recollected, etc. So there's some amount of designing how to do what we call design of experiment, how to collect other elements of data. So and then I would say the biggest chunk of sort of the daily work goes into actually trying to extract some useful information out of the data. So this can Involve trying to use different algorithms on it, trying different models on it, and then reanalyze, you know, reassessing once you have some information whether you've gotten anything useful or not, and then going back. So it's a somewhat iterative process. And then there's also the interpreting of your results, which is extremely important because the first thing we try to teach statistics students is just because things are correlated if you if you've noticed correlation does not mean <laughs> there's a causation element so you actually need to you cannot make statements such as well we see this and that and that means the first thing must have led to the second so knowing theoretical background is a huge component in being able to interpret the results correctly rather than just you know say there's this number that comes out about you know things being correlated in, in in a certain way so i would say these sort of three components are the main ones in in the in the daily work in statistics there's definitely talking to the practitioners so regardless of which field you're looking at you need to have decent communication skills to be able to understand what exactly it is they're collecting, mm-hmm. right? What what are the different parameters or different variables? What exactly is going on in in the study that they're doing? Because that will help you create the right model or extract the best information out of the data that you'll you'll have afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that some students that are currently doing an undergrad are questioning themselves if they should go into higher education do a master or phd so how could they decide to do that
1: well you know there there's a couple of driving forces before being able to assess that one is there are some students who are who may be interested in mer- learning more complicated mm-hmm. you know methods and Maybe being able to develop some statistical tools themselves, and for that, typically, unless it's a very specialized job where you've get after some number of years, you're 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 being entrusted enough to develop new things. Usually, having a graduate degree, a master's or or higher, is seen as a way to know that you can be developing things yourself. So that is a path that suits people who maybe like um, doing more independent work and more perhaps taking charge a bit more than otherwise. And of course, the second more practical aspect is the job opportunities. So there's certainly job opportunities at the bachelor's level. But Mm -hmm. as we, you know, as the current kind of barrage of, of available data and people's inability to handle the overwhelming amounts of data, it has created a demand for people to have more practical, but more advanced skills in being able to handle that. So there's a number of sort of what I would call job targeted master's programs Mm -hmm. that would develop those skills. And of course, with those degrees, certain employers are looking for people with those degrees. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense that if you go and learn those more advanced skills, then you you open more doors to some different opportunities. So if a student wants to go into higher education, how can they do that? What is the best way for students to apply to graduate studies? Well, before I answer that, I,
1: I would preface this by saying it is always useful for the student to have some it's not necessary, but it can be useful for them to have some work experience to actually know what kind of program they want to do in as a, as higher education, mm-hmm. right? Because usually it's the experience in the job, even if it's a summer or a year, that sometimes gives you a better perspective of what you like to do and what you are more motivated in learning about than something else, right? So. I think that it is advisable to have some experience before one just makes the decision about going into higher education. However, if one has made that decision, then you know uh, one good thing to do is to talk to you know your your professors that you've had you know in your undergraduate education and ask for advice about appropriate graduate programs you know, explain your interests and whether you're more interested in the, the, the practically professionally oriented higher education programs, or you're more interested in the more independent and, and research oriented programs, because there's, there's a distinction between the two. And, you know, there's a vast amount of, you know, all of these, each university has their, you know, there's tons of, you know, information on everyone's website about what, you know, what they are offering, but sometimes hard to, hard to compile all of that as a student. And sometimes the easiest path is to kind of ask people who were ahead of you, right, like your Mm -hmm. professors, or, you know, someone that you know, who's gone into various programs, and and you can ask them about their experience or what programs they recommend.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so students definitely have to make a little bit of uh, research before applying. And now I know you graduated from Berkeley for your PhD. Many teachers actually graduated from that school. So why Berkeley? Is it like a a really good school for math and staff?
1: Um, yeah. So Berkeley has had a, a very strong mathematics program mm-hmm. forever. And, but then also it's one of the earliest statistics departments back in the days, before my days, but Mm -hmm. back in the days in first half of the 20th century, you know, statistics used to be part of math departments and it still is like it is in many Canadian institutions, but it has also separated in many institutions because of slightly different needs or slightly different focuses. And they've just, um, Berkeley was one of those early departments that has had both, you know, kind of a theoretical element because of the mathematicians who were got, were interested in, in statistical issues and also some uh, very applied statisticians, professors who worked on the U.S. Census and advised the courts, et cetera. So it's just a long tradition of combining theory and applications in a strong way. And so th- they've had a very good, program on you know teaching people as well
0: all right if we move on to the topic of research i know you did some research related to evolutionary biology and genetics and i was wondering what is the most interesting topic that you have worked on oh that's
1: that's an impossible question to answer (laughs)
0: <laughs> the most interesting
1: topic is the one that you can't solve right now, oh. because that's the, that's the one that's still puzzling you, right? So I, I always like the challenge of trying to figure out things that I don't yet understand, which is somehow how I ended up going more into the theoretical aspects of things rather than implementable stuff. But I, I found in my research so far that the most interesting part was always... Talking to the scientists from which the motivation for the modeling wh- where the problems arise. Mm-hmm. So talking to um, Evolutionary biologists talking to population geneticists talking to ecologists um, right now I'm talking to some theoretical ecologists and it's it, and it's just fascinating in the sense that that scientists are immersed in their own questions about wanting to answer certain things and and they find it almost surprising that someone like a mathematician could not really care which domain of let's say biology that is because they're, they're so specialized in the kind of questions they're interested in. And so you tell them, well, but this process, like it appears in finance too, or in some other topic. And, and it it usually surprises the scientists because they sort of think that what they're examining is very specific, but there's, math tends to kind of be very flexible and be able to sort of if you sort of mold it the right way it can model different things but i personally find their stories about like why is their problem interesting and what kind of actual biological questions they're trying to answer i find that you know the the most stimulating aspects of my research
0: Mm -hmm. well thank you for sharing us about your research. As the end of the episode is coming very soon, would you mind giving students some advice for career paths or just in general?
1: I guess there's a few pieces of advice that I would give. One is very practical, which is try to identify in the, while you're doing your courses and while you're studying, try to identify which are the things that you enjoy and which are the things that you don't. So if you enjoy playing with things, you know, trying to simulate things in the computer, you know, then these are strengths. If you can identify that, it's good. Uh, If you don't enjoy that and you're more interested in, you know, sort of solving problems with pen and pencil, that's, it's good to know, right? Like identifying your uh, strengths or your, sort of academic character traits can be quite useful in deciding what to do afterwards. So that's on the practical side. On the more philosophical side, I was once given advice when I just started graduate school by a professor who I, he must have been, Professor Lacombe must have been in his 80s at that point. So you knew you had to listen to this piece of wisdom. And he said, the only math I never used was the math I didn't learn. And he basically said that every, it's difficult for students to realize that the math you will learn that seems completely not relevant to you in the moment may very well be useful at some point later. And so this is just a philosophical bit that Just to keep in mind that you may not know when this will come in useful because math is all about patterns and connections and something that you thought was just a formula or a tool you are not interested in using may have, if you've understood it, may have imparted, may have changed your way of thinking about patterns that may be, may come useful later.
0: Great. Thank you for those uh, really inspiring advice. So if students want to reach you or they have further questions for you, what is the best way to reach you?
1: Email is pretty much the only way to reach me right now. Yeah, we, we're not in our offices. So email is, is the way to go. It's helpful though, for the students sort of introduce themselves and say what, what they're interested in. It's, being able to express yourself on, on on an email is probably a useful <laughs> a useful skill to carry on further in both jobs and school.
0: Great. So to wrap up this episode, in this episode we talked about uh, many career paths for statistic students. We discussed examples of internships and talked about making a choice. To pursue higher education and also about doing research we then finished with some advice from our guest speaker about figuring out what you like to do and what you're good at and so yeah thank you so much professor for being our guest speaker today
1: i thank you meng
0: and thank you all for listening to this episode of the masa podcast You can reach us on all our social media accounts and you can find them on the MASA website. Stay tuned for the next episode.